Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. The practice that will propel us into the year ahead is not another strategic plan, but intentional prayer. In this season of hurry and hustle, it is essential to slow down in order to hear from God. Let's leverage the last few weekends of 2019 to speak to God, seek His face, and wait on His reply. As we echo the prayer in Scripture, we can better hear His voice and follow His will. Well, good morning, church. Give it up for this team surrounding me right here today. Aren't you grateful for the way that they lead us? and worship each weekend. Hey, go ahead and grab your Bible and go to Luke chapter one. That's where we've been throughout this series. Um, I know things have been very different throughout this series and even different today because some of y'all are like, I got to look at Matt over that keyboard thingy and I don't know what's happening. But, but we hope that like our intention was throughout this series is to really to turn our attention up toward the beauty and wonder of our God and allow ourselves to soak in the significance of all that this season has. Come on, somebody. Yeah, because can we just all admit that like the, the significance of this season can quickly get swallowed up in the madness and crazy of it? Like some of us are thinking Christmas in two days. Thank you, Jesus. Not because it's Christmas, because in two days it's over. I'm broke. I'm exhausted. I'm just looking to see who's lying and who's being honest in church today. But, like, we've just made that decision, right? That at least this year, we're going to refuse to let the significance of this season get swallowed up. We're going to do what we have to do to bask in its wonder. Because the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus are the most significant events in all of human history. Nothing matters more. <laughs> Nothing matters more. And maybe you're here today and like you don't you don't buy that. Like maybe you're 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 in a different place in your faith journey. Number one, can I just say we're glad that you're here, that you can belong here even before you believe. And that our hope though is by the time we we finish this gathering this morning, something begins to stir in you because this season is an amazing reminder. It's one that all of us need. And I'm glad that that they strategically, maybe not strategically or whatever, placed it at this time of year, because by the time December comes. In the year, we need some hope, don't we? We need some light shed into our lives. And the reality is this is the event, like this is the event that, that changed all of human history. That the moment that the angel Gabriel stepped into the audience of a teenage girl named Mary, from that moment on, nothing would be the same. That when he comes to announce to her some very powerful, crazy things, that everything would be different. And the very last line that Mary heard from Gabriel was the one we've been kind of just jumping from all series long, where Gabriel says, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. That that's true about God. That God has never done two things. He's never lost and he has never lied. The haze is thick. I'm going to find somebody good to preach to in the room today. Like God has never lost and he's never lied. If he said it, you will see it. That our God keeps his promises. That that's the, that's, if Christmas is nothing else, it's the greatest reminder that we have that God keeps his promises. 
that God is about to fulfill a promise that he had made thousands of years before. See, the moment that sin entered the world, God promised he would fix it. That he would refuse to allow sin to separate us from him. That he so desperately wanted to restore the relationship with us that Eve's sin broke it, but Mary's son would fix it. And that's what we celebrate, church. That God keeps his promise. That in Jesus, God keeps his promise. Jesus is the fulfillment of the first promise that God would ever make to humanity. But I've had some questions throughout this series. People say, Pastor Matt, that's not how my Bible says that verse. Which one you reading? Because there is some translations that don't translate this verse for no word from God will ever fail. See, some say this, for nothing will be possible with God. So which one is it? It's both. It's both. Like literally in this sentence, in, in, in its original language, it can really mean both, that God is, God keeps his promise, but also God creates possibility. That Christmas is not just a reminder that God keeps his promise. It's also a reminder that God creates possibility. Because see, in this moment, Mary's confused. How, how can this be is the question that she comes back to Gabriel with. You're telling me like, like I, I'm pregnant by God. Like what is conceived in me is of the Holy Spirit. You're asking me to believe something that's contrary to everything I've ever known in my entire life. Do you know that's who God is? God makes you see things that you never thought you could see. That yes, our God is a promise keeper, but our God is also a God of endless possibility. Somebody give God some praise for that reality this morning on Christmas. Like God also creates possibility. In Jesus, God kept his promise, but through Jesus, God would create possibility. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to believe in this space. Because you're thinking, I don't know about this God of impossible, Matt, because I've been praying for something for a long time and I haven't seen it. I asked God to do something and he didn't do it. I hoped I would see this thing happen in my life and I actually saw the opposite. Now, I don't have a good explanation for all that. At least not one that's going to make you feel a whole lot better. But this is what I know. As I read through the Gospels, there's not a single person that had an encounter with Jesus that didn't walk away from that encounter believing something was possible that they once thought wasn't. Like every, with every encounter, somebody walked away from Jesus thinking something was possible that they once believed to be impossible. And all throughout his ministry, Jesus was reminding people that he was the one, the one that fulfilled the promise and the one that now creates possibility. Have you ever noticed that? All you have to do is simply read through the Gospel of John. If you move into God, John chapter 2, you see Jesus' very first miracle. It's the one that most often in the South we like to skip over because when Jesus turns water into wine gets us little southern Christians a little bit uncomfortable. Remember Jesus is at a wedding and they run out of wine and his mom comes to him and says, Jesus, you need to do something about this. And he's like, mama, it's not my time. But when mama says it, you got to do it even if you're Jesus. <laughs> and it says, 
He not only just turned water into wine as he filled those jugs and brought them before. If you look, go to John chapter 2. He says, then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best until now. You know what the beauty of that miracle is? That Jesus does something really impossible. He takes something extremely ordinary and turns it into something extraordinary. That's the purpose of that miracle. That in in Jesus' hands, the most ordinary thing on the planet can become something extraordinary. Like nobody in that moment would ever believe something as ordinary as water could be something as fine as wine. That God, in the hands of Jesus, I don't care how ordinary you might feel, how ordinary your background is, how ordinary it seems your life has been. When you put your life in the hands of Jesus, he specializes in taking ordinary things and doing extraordinary things with them. See, people thought it was impossible to take plain old, simple, ordinary water and turn it into something absolutely extraordinary. If you keep reading, going just to the very next chapter, in John chapter 3, the one that contains the verse that everybody knows, even if you didn't go to church, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's my mashup of NIV and King James because that's how I learned it growing up. But you don't realize that's in the midst of a conversation with a man named Nicodemus who secretly came to Jesus at night looking for something. He was a religious man. From the outside looking in, it it would appear as if he needed nothing. He would have had wealth, power, prominence, all the things that his culture would have said are necessary to have a significant life. But Nick knew something. Something was missing. Despite his best effort to bring fulfillment and satisfaction to his life, he knew something was missing, and maybe, just maybe, this new teacher, this new rabbi named Jesus might have it. And Jesus tells him something that seems impossible. He says, Nicodemus, like if you're going to experience what you want, you have to be born again. I got to go back to mama's womb? I don't understand. And what he's saying is that in me, you can experience a spiritual renewal, a spiritual rebirth that can give you a completely second chance. But not only you get a second chance, you can be made completely new. That no matter who you are or where you came from or how many things you've tried to use to fulfill the hole in your life, when you meet Jesus, he doesn't just change things. He makes you new. As new as a newborn baby. Come on, somebody needs to be excited about that. He, makes, he doesn't just clean up the closet. He makes you new. That seems impossible. Especially for Nicodemus who had been in religion his whole life. And never experienced anything like Jesus that he had to offer. And he walked away believing something was possible that he once believed was impossible. You want to keep on going? Going to John chapter 4, where Jesus has a conversation with a woman that he should have never had because she was a Samaritan, and he wasn't. She was just there at the well to get some water. And this unique prophet, this unique rabbi, this unique teacher has a conversation with Jesus. And all of a sudden, everything begins to change. 
Here was a woman who had spent her whole life thinking that she could find fulfillment and wholeness in relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship. And she thought it would be impossible for her ever to be loved or valued or whole because she had done everything she could to find that. And so far to this point, it was impossible to discover no matter how many men she had been with, no matter what all she had done. And Jesus says, hey, you're thirsty? I've got some water that I can tell you about that once you taste of it, you'll never go thirsty again. Really, it's possible for me to find wholeness outside of a man. It's possible for me to find fulfillment in something other than I've, someplace other than I've looked. Yeah, it's possible. She walked away believing she had a future that she thought she would never have. Oh, you need more? Keep going. The very same chapter, John chapter 4, a desperate parent comes to Jesus with a, a child who's deathly ill. And he comes to Jesus believing that the only destination of this illness would be death. And he just asked Jesus to do something. Jesus, there's, I, don't, I don't really know all there is to know about you, but I know you're doing some really crazy cool things. And I just think if you could come and put your hands on my son, or maybe if he's in your presence, or just something, that maybe the outcome of this thing could be different. That maybe this won't end like I think it's going to end. And Jesus just says, go away, your sons be healed. No, Jesus, I need you to come with me. You want me just to believe your word? Remember the story? So he ends up going back home. And the next day he goes into his house. And his son is up, running around, playing with his Legos, having a good old time. And the dad's like, when, when did this turn happen? And they told him. And he remembered that's the exact moment that Jesus said it. That it's possible for this Jesus just to speak something and it changed everything. Just with a word, everything can be different. That it was impossible for his son to be healed, and now it's possible. Move in to John chapter 5, where there's a man that can't walk. He's an invalid. And he believes his only hope is to get into a pool, a pool that would bring healing. But every time he gets up, somebody knocks him down. Every time he thinks he's got a shot for something to be different, something bad happens once again. I know nobody can relate to that. Every time you feel like you're going to get a step forward, you end up taking two steps back. Every time you think this is your big break, all it is, it, what you thought was a setup ends up being a setback. There's always an obstacle that comes up just when you think there's a clear path and you can get through and you can break through and something can be different. But day after day, it keeps falling through. You don't get the results that you want. You didn't get that promotion. This thing didn't work out to the point where, you know what, it's not just your legs that are hurting, that your heart is broken. And Jesus says, get up, take your mat, and walk. And it happens. That he believed that it was always going to be this way. Because time after time, every time he tried to get up, he just got knocked back down. Going to John chapter 6, the one we talked about last week, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. His disciples look and all they see is a mass of people. 
a crowd too impossible to ever have enough food to feed. And the only food they can discover is the lunch of a little boy. It would be impossible to take just a few loaves and a few fish and feed tens of thousands of people, right? But in the hands of Jesus, little is much. That when Jesus puts his hands in something, doesn't matter how small and insignificant it seems or how small and insignificant it starts, that Jesus has the power to multiply its potential for it to have an impact unlike we could ever understand. Like Jesus could never take a small little church in random when it started with 12 people and use it to take the gospel to the world. What they thought was impossible was made possible. You move into John chapter 9, and here's a man born blind. Been blind his whole life. Has known nothing but darkness through the lens of his own eyes. It's the way it's always been. It's the way it's always going to be, right? Till you meet Jesus. And in just a moment, his eyes are open and he begins to see. Like Jesus reminds us, it doesn't matter that it's always been that way. Just because it's always been that way doesn't have to always be that way. What you've always known isn't what you always have to know. Jesus takes the impossible and makes it possible. And my favorite, John chapter 11, Jesus hears word that one of his best friends, one he loves dearly, Lazarus, is deathly sick. And upon hearing this news, stays two more days. Thanks, Jesus. By the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus has not only died, he's been dead for days. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, know that one day he will be raised. But as far as resurrection now... That's impossible until Jesus steps forward and calls his name and the dead man comes to life. Every single time Jesus has an encounter with somebody, they walk away believing that what was once impossible is now possible. And this Christmas season, we celebrate For no word from God will ever fail. He is a promise keeper, but we also celebrate for nothing is impossible with God because he is not just a promise keeper. God is a creator of possibility. And that's why we have hope. And here's the reason why. Because he kept his promise is why we have endless possibility. Because what was standing between us and possibility has now been eliminated. What was keeping us in an ordinary, broken position was the sin that we couldn't fix. But when Jesus came and went from baby in a manger to man walking the streets to lamb on a cross to now king on the throne, anything is possible. Anything is possible. 
because he died for our sins, because he made the way for us to be able to remove the thing that stood between us and the promise, the thing that stood in the way between us and all the possibilities. See, he dealt with it the moment that he gave up his life and the moment that you trust in the sacrifice that he made for you. The possibilities that are open for your life are more than you can ask or imagine. But I know it doesn't always feel like that, does it? But see, with every instance and every moment that Jesus turned impossible to possible, he shed light to darkness. Every single time. And when light becomes dark, faith grows and hope builds. And I think, like, we sit in this place and, and like, we're wondering, like, why do we don't have the faith and why we have all these questions and it doesn't seem like all these possibilities and promises are, are playing out in our lives. Because I don't know, I think maybe the, we thought the moment that we met Jesus, our whole life would be illuminated. But what I've discovered is Jesus, yes, he can flood our lives with his light. But he can only shed light on that which we allow. That which we're open to. See, there are still things that we try to keep hidden, pushed to the side. Come on, you with me? There's still areas of our lives. See, God, he cannot illuminate what we won't allow. His light is here and it's present. But we're still holding stuff back. And what I hope today happens as you move through this Christmas season as you allow the light to start coming in a little bit more. See, when John opens up his gospel, he doesn't do it with the Christmas narrative. John doesn't start the telling of his story with there was a baby born in a manger. No, check this out. This is how John starts his gospel. John chapter 1, pick up with verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so what happens is with every moment, every time we begin to understand who Jesus is a little bit more. Every time we stay in his word, just a little bit more light comes into our world. And things start to get illuminated. Things we once thought impossible or possible, things that were once dark become light. And then as we continue to walk with him and get to know him and continue to study the truth of his word, he just begins to illuminate more and more of the things in our lives. And little by little and moment by moment with every story and with every little miracle and with every little instance of God's power and presence in our lives, the light begins to shine. Maybe not all of a sudden and maybe not all at once, but moment by moment and little by little and story by story, things begin to change. And here's the reality. Listen to me, church. Promises and potential are unleashed in his presence. And if we want to continue to live in the illumination of the son born this day, we stay in his presence. Amen. You with me? But here's what happens. It's December. 
And maybe this is how you started the year. Everything bright and shiny and awesome, but little by little, as the year went on, life came at you blow by blow. And with every disappointment, and with every seemingly unanswered prayer, and with every setback, every loss things begin to get dark and by the time you sit here in this room today you feel like darkness is overwhelming you and it's consuming you and as you sit here today you're wondering how people can worship and how people can shout and how people can celebrate this season because all you see is darkness my hope today is to reignite a dead flame. Would you rise to your feet with me? And what's going to happen is you take your candles, little by little, moment by moment, person by person, we're beginning to begin to illuminate this room. Because see, maybe you're here and you can see nothing and feel nothing but darkness. And you don't feel like you have a light of your own. So why don't you just borrow some of ours? Because you notice what happened, what's happening moment by moment with every passing of the torch. As one passes their flame to another, the light begins to get brighter. The room begins to get brighter. The world begins to get brighter. Darkness begins to fade. And person by person and moment by moment, new life begins to happen. Flames begin to ignite. And in his presence, new hope is found. And so today, if you walk in this room in darkness, frustrated by the hand that you've been dealt in this year, and maybe this is you, you feel like you've just had everything good blown out as you've walked moment by moment by moment, but today you're in the presence of Almighty God. You're in the presence of the one who made the promise, in the presence of the one who gives possibility, power, and potential. And today, look around you. You see, there's really more light than there is darkness. There's more hope than you realize. And what happens is, with every blow, really the light never went out. You just allow your life to pull you and get you to drift outside of the illumination that is Jesus in your life. And what he's doing today is he's calling you back. How do you stay living in promise? How do you stay living in possibility? You stay in his presence. It's not contained to any room, any building, or any place. You are in it at every moment. And this week, in this concept, see, promise and possibility are only found in his presence. So God birthed a new song this week. I think on Tuesday, God gave Christian a song that encompasses this whole thought. And so today, in the light, we're going to worship one more time. Father, I pray for every person who feels so dark, so lonely, so frustrated, so broken, feels like your promises are not for them, And there is no possibility of anything good that now as we stand here in your presence, as light has dawned on a new day, we trust you to work in our lives, 
to bring hope and truth in this moment. God, meet with us here. Help hope to build and faith to grow as we worship you in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. Stay connected with what's happening at Vintage by downloading the Vintage Church app, where you have access to sermon notes, upcoming events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to connect in community. You'll also have access to our deeper podcast, which is a conversational deep dive into the message from the weekend. We hope you join us again soon.